We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 235. In honor of USHJA's We Are U.S. Hunter Jumper campaign, this month is all about the jumpers. And to celebrate Jumper Month, we have two amazing jumper riders. And today we are talking with our top junior jumper rider. Our guest today started in dressage and when she was nine, transferred right over to the jumper ring. She had some amazing jumpers that got her going, and some of her recent partnerships she had some incredible success on. She had one horse, Sonic Boom, for about a month and then won her first Grand Prix. She then had some incredible team experience at the USHJA Platinum Jumper Championships. She competed for Zone 4 at the 2021 North American Youth Championships, where she and her team earned gold. So here to talk all about the jumpers, here is our guest, Haley Royce. As we are in full swing with USHJA's Jumper Month, I am so happy that you have taken the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us a little bit about the jumpers. So first, I would love to hear how you first found yourself in the horse world. Oh, of course. I found myself in the horse world when I was about four years old. My mom introduced me to horses. She'd always had horses growing up and loved them. So I started taking lessons. Love it. And was it in the hunter-jumper discipline, or what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, so I started actually in dressage, so that's a little bit more unconventional. Yeah. I did that for four or five years before I decided to switch over and start in the jumper ring. I went directly into the jumper ring as well and kind of skipped over the pony era. Got it. Okay. Also a little unconventional. I feel like that sometimes is not the normal route. So what made you decide just based on like your age that you went right to the horses and the jumpers? Yeah. I mean, I was eight or nine when I first started jumping okay, Yeah, and I really had a kind of a, a need for speed. <laughs> so <laughs> we went straight into the jumper ring and thought that would be a little more fun. Love it. Do you remember what that transition was like for you going from dressage to jumping? Yeah, that was definitely a big challenge at first because I had never jumped before. So it was definitely took a little time for me to get acclimated to the jumper ring. But we got me a really nice jumper that children's jumper that had just come off um, the Washington children's jumper finals win the year before. Nice. Oh, he was very experienced and helped me so much. So cool. Um, What would you say if you are, you know, kind of looking back at your junior career and some of your moments, um, would you say there are specific kind of pivotal or monumental moments and then maybe some, not lows, but some learning moments that stick out in your mind? Absolutely. Starting off in the jumper ring was definitely different which had some learning moments. I probably needed to have a little more base going right into the jumper ring, but my children's jumper was very experienced and helped me out a lot. My first year going to 
Pennsylvania National Horse Show probably was a bit of a low and a learning experience. I had just recovered from breaking my hand and we wanted to still compete at the national finals, of course, but that ended up not working out as I didn't have a ton of prep prior to that. So I definitely was a little bit of a setback. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So coming off of, you know, situations like that and injuries like that, what did you kind of do to get past that, you know, maybe lower point? You know, I think you really need to take a step back and look at your practice at home and get back into a good routine, figure out your horse and make a new plan for the next show so you guys are more prepared. Totally. And what about highs or big kind of like pivotal moments of your junior career? I think one of the big moments this past year in my junior career was a Grand Prix win with my new horse at the time, Sonic Boom, who I have competing right now. So cool. It was only a couple weeks into our partnership where we went double clear and won the Grand Prix. So that was a pretty exciting moment. At what age did you move up to doing some of the Grand Prix? I, as I started in the jumper ring, I kind of progressed a little bit faster than maybe some others that had started in the hunter ring. So I first started doing the junior jumpers at 12. I had a very good horse at the time who was very brave and helped me so much with confidence in the ring. And he took me around my first Grand Prix at 13, which is quite young. Yeah. Wow. Do you rem- does that kind of stick out in your mind or do you remember like, were you super nervous or what was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. It was a really fun weekend that week. We were at the Minnesota Harvest Horse Show. And it was a pretty exciting environment that week as well, because my first Grand Prix just happened to be a night class as well, indoors. <laughs> so, so the crowd was really big, and it was a really cool uh, electric atmosphere. That's amazing. Do you get nervous to this day, or like depends on the venue or the situation, or do you feel like you don't get as nervous, or you kind of have figured out how to handle the nerves? I definitely have gotten less nervous over the years, but at big competitions, I definitely can get a little nervous at times. I always try to think about, think in my head as I'm getting ready to go in the ring that I wouldn't be there or going into this class if my trainer and everybody around me didn't think I was able to succeed. And I always feel like that really helps me get confidence. Do you have some favorite USHJA shows? I have always really loved the USHJA Zone Championships. Mm. I've done those for quite a few years. I did it in 2015 and 2016 for the Children's Jumper Height, back when we lived in Zone 5. Yeah. And then I did it last year on my horse Sonic Boom in the Platinum Jumper Championships Height here in Tryon. Very cool. For someone listening who maybe doesn't know about Zones and Zone Championship, can you kind of give us a rundown? Sure. I really like the Zone Jumper Championship opportunity. I really think it's a cool way to let young riders coming up experience the team competition. Our sport's so individual, and I think it's um, very unique to be able to maybe compete with some of your peers and your friends on a team in this sport. So that's one of my favorite things. 
Love it. Tell me a little bit, like kind of walk me through what a day of a Grand Prix would look like for you and then what it would look like for your horse. Sure. Depending on the day and the horse show, I usually would ride prior to whether it's on my horse, getting him warmed up and stretching his legs or showing another horse prepping in the morning. And I work toward just getting my body warmed up and mentally prepared so we can go into the Grand Prix with the best odds possible. What do you like to do for your course walk? Kind of give me the rundown of what you are thinking about and planning when you are in there figuring out what the course is going to look like. When I go into a course walk, I think about my horse and how his stride is based on what the court is presenting. I always think about if the course is starting with an oxer or vertical, that changes my plan. I always also think about how I need to establish the pace to the first jump and how that's going to portray across the rest of my round. And I always pick out a few spots on course as well to reset my horse and get him back to me because I can feel, I feel like sometimes that can be a challenge and get a little away from you during the course. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like setting a, like kind of picking out reset points is so important because if you think about it and kind of like plan that, like just as if it were another jump or another, you know, part of the course, it really lets you like take a moment and breathe and continue to kind of have that focus. And maybe, you know, mid course, it's, it's so hard. It seems like sometimes it can be like a blur, but having those moments where you can like take a breath, reset, check your pace, check your, you know, direction and kind of have that moment already kind of picked out ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. This past week I had an exact moment like that. It was mostly through the course and I was heading to the very last line. It just came off a long galloping bending line to an oxer and I really had to reset before a plain, tall, white skinny around the next turn. That was a really I think helps (laughs) me last week. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about Sonic Boom and kind of leading up to showing. I know you had a little bit of time off in between WEF and now Tryon. Coming back into getting, you know, yourself show ready, getting your horse, you know, prepped and fit and ready to show as well. What does that look like kind of the week leading up to Tryon or, you know, your first week of showing as far as his care and his setup? Yeah, absolutely. This past horse show preparing for Tryon was a little bit different because I was away the past few weeks, but typically we would have him uh, flatting at home and make sure he's really nice and fit so he can be strong throughout the whole course. Some of these horse shows have real big rings and it can be a long way around the course at at big jumps as well. So I always make sure he's nice and fit. Along with that, we do some exercises gymnastics wise or practice anything that I felt like I had struggled with in the past, whether it's specific jumps or combinations and something like that. What's your school situation? Are you, do you virtual school? Um, How do you kind of balance the two? It's definitely a challenge. I do online school with Laurel Springs at the moment. I'm a senior. I'm actually getting ready to graduate, which is pretty exciting. Wow. But I've done online school. This is my fifth year now, so I've gotten the hang of it. But it can definitely be a challenge. I like the school I do right now because it allows me to be pretty flexible. I don't have specific times where I have to be on Zoom with my teachers. 
but it can be a little challenging because it lets me get a little lax sometimes as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I bet it's probably made you have to be even extra responsible to kind of figure out that time management. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely days where I'm like, I'd rather spend the day at the horse show than at home. (laughs) I can do that this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Since 2004, the USHJA has created programs, offered education, and has supported members of the hunter and jumper sport. In 2022, the USHJA has created the We Are U.S. Hunter Jumper campaign to highlight all things hunter and jumper, so everyone can understand everything this fantastic sport has to offer. This month, we'll focus on all things jumpers, and on May 20th, I will host a USHJA Instagram Live at 6 p.m. Eastern. I will speak to two amazing jumper riders, a junior and a professional, and they will answer your questions and we will give away terrific prizes. Be sure to follow along on social with the hashtag WeAreUSHunterJumper to find out more, learn a ton, and not miss a thing. So looking ahead, you know, almost kind of figuring, fi- finishing out your junior career, um, what does it kind of look like for you after high school? Are you thinking about college? Are you thinking about what that, what kind of like riding looks like in the upcoming years? Yeah, I am planning on attending the University of Georgia this fall. I'm riding on their D1 equestrian team. Love it. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what that process was like, you know, applying for college and then also being, you know, part of the process in being on an equestrian team. For me, applying for college was maybe a bit different than most teenagers because at the time of applications, I had already committed verbally to Georgia. So they were my only application, which was super nice. Yeah, I like it. Very straightforward. So it wasn't it wasn't maybe as I mean, probably just stressful in different ways of just kind of like getting all your ducks in a row and that sort of thing. But as far as getting on a team, what is what is that process like? How did did you have to do a lot of kind of like campaigning yourself? Were you sending video? Were there other schools you were looking at? Um, what was that process like for you? For me, I always was interested in riding for college. So when I first had the opportunity, I, you know, sent out some of those questionnaires they put out online, which I think helps just get their attention that, hey, you're interested in this. And then I had schools reach out to me that had been, you know, following my social media. I didn't send any schools many videos, but I think due to my social media and sharing all of my riding, they were able to watch me and see me um, a little more than other people and Mm -hmm. that allowed them to get a visual without me having to reach out. Definitely. Yeah. I think that that's been um, a great benefit of social media is that you've really kind of over the years been able to create an online portfolio of, you know, the, the shows that you're attending, your successes and video footage of you riding and competing. And I think that allows a lot of people who would potentially want to, you know, sponsor you or work with you or have you on their, you know, equestrian team a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. What are your goals for the remainder of your junior career? 
for this year, I have uh, the big goal of riding on the North American Youth Championship Young Rider Team. Oh, love it. That's at the end of summer. I w- competed with my horse last year on the junior team, which was really fun. And I'd love to compete on the Young Rider Team this year. Along with that, I'd really like to do some more two-star and maybe some three-star classes with him as well. Tell me a little bit about young riders and what that looks like to be able to be considered as, you know, like, you know, on the short list to be a part of a team like that. So for the young riders team qualifications, you have to one apply and as well as getting your certificate of capability, capability, which would mean that you have to prove that you've jumped a class with a certain amount of faults at a certain height, depending on which section you're trying to apply for, as well as the open water. And then from there, you can accumulate your points based on prize money won over the past year. Cool. Love it. What would you say is an area of the industry that you're passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Yeah, for me, I'm really passionate about the social media aspect of the equestrian industry. I really think that social media is growing. I've done a lot on Instagram and Facebook, as well as YouTube, done some cool GoPro videos that many people have liked as well. Love it. I love sharing my story riding, and I really think that over the past couple years, it's become so much bigger in the equestrian world, and I really think that everything's going to move to social media, including horse sales and as well as like on online horse gaming and just watch live competitions. Totally. Yeah. I think you're totally right. And it's crazy how, um, I feel like when I'm a little bit older than you, but when, you know, when, even when you were growing up and definitely when I was growing up, I mean, social media was a, a lot less prevalent especially in the equestrian world, which I think in general is usually, I like to say, at least like five years behind the rest of the world um, (laughs) when it comes to most things. But especially for social media, it's been amazing how it has brought so much opportunity for riders and trainers and business owners and influencers and and things like that. Um, I, I, you know, speaking personally, have, you know, built businesses around social media within the equestrian world. And it's so cool to see how that has continued to grow the sport and, um, you know, involve really great conversations. And um, definitely from a standpoint, I think that you're so right about, you know, the future of the sport, including horse sales and just being able to easily be able to access show video and for people mm-hmm. to learn and, you know, be able to showcase their own skills, I think is that's, that's super accurate. And it's, it's cool to see how social media, where it sometimes gets a bad rap. I think that it has definitely moved the needle in a positive way for our sport too. Absolutely. With such a traditional sport, I think you're right and that we're a little bit behind the curve, but I really think that social media is going to become, you know, a major factor in all of the equestrian community, whether it's giving opportunities to others, horse sales, etc. Do you see yourself potentially incorporating social media into your life or a future career or something like that? 
Absolutely. I've always thought that I would pursue writing as my career, but I definitely think that social media will always be a huge part of that. Yeah, you mentioned, um, I, I was I was going to ask you if you had thought about what you wanted to do with riding, if that would in, you know involve you doing it in like an amateur way or if you wanted to be a professional. Do you have any idea of what you're thinking of doing after college? Yeah, I, like I said, have always thought that I would pursue equestrian as my profession, but for the next few years with college, I'll plan to be amateur and then likely move into professional and see where that takes me. Definitely. Was there ever a plan of, I know you wanted to ride on a college team. Was there ever a potential of, or or maybe it was like tempting for you to just skip the college part and go right to being a professional? It's definitely been tempting. Yeah, My parents have always been um, very motivated and motivated for me to pursue college Mm -hmm. as my dad did not. And he's always really thought that it's important to have, you know, that fallback just in case I ever did need that. And I really have found over the years that I would really like to have that maybe business background before going into the sport and trying to, you know, create my own business in it one day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if anything else, even if you don't ever use your degree or whatever, it's so much life experience and just figuring out how to live life on your own. And it's like, it's such a fun time, but such an opportunity for you to grow and learn and experience new things. It's such, so different than high school. So I think it's, I think it's super important. And so I'm so excited for you. I'm so pumped to continue to watch your riding journey. Um, it's been really fun to see all the things that you're doing on Instagram and other social media. And I just wish you all the best. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.